Nerds at the Cool Table, episode... Virgil. 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 Episode Ablo. It is our Virgil episode. That's amazing. Uh, What's going on, guys? How's it going? It's been, and it still is, a very intense week. And I hope it keeps going because the more pressure we keep on all the things that are happening right now, the better it all gets. Um, how are you guys doing? How's everybody handling things emotionally? Um, how how are we doing? I've been I've been protesting, you know, as much as you know, as, as much as I possibly can, and while still trying to maintain social distancing. Like what we have that our ancestors didn't have was a was a pandemic while there was protesting. So like, looking like I'm telling you, like in 2080, we're gonna be some hard ass niggas because we were all out there <laughs> and like protesting. Meanwhile, there's like a pandemic, so yeah. I can't wait to see like the. Hopefully, one day we see a history book and like hey, all man, of us. I'll, I'll take there. I'll take a pandemic over what our ancestors had to deal with any day. Hundred percent. But then we, yeah. we're. Dealing, I mean, true, true. But like we're still dealing with the same For sure. systemic racism, same bullshit. For sure. Yeah. And but it's nice to see that there are people who I never thought would be stepping up to, you know, be to be allies who are 100%. really, really. Stepping up and and doing their thing, so that's pretty dope. So yeah, I've been doing that. I've been signing all the petitions. Been you know GoFundMe crazy, yeah. Trying to help Brianna Taylor and you know everyone's family. So mm-hmm. just you know doing my part, seeing seeing what I can change in the, in the entertainment industry that I'm in that needs to be changed. You know, Michael B. Jordan had a powerful, powerful speech, and I believe every word he says. You know, he's like a he's a leader of the new school. He's going to be the next generation's Denzel. And he set the tone with that speech, you know, and another person Mm -hmm. not to go on, but another person who I just started looking up and um, wonderful kid, Mikey Williams. He plays down in San Ysidro. He's like a number one freshman in high school. Um, But he openly was like, I'm really thinking about going to HBCU. Yeah, I love love that people have started that conversation because when we when we think about all the times where people complain or, or justfully complain about kind of how the athletic structure in general uses everybody and kind of doesn't show any love and, and a way I, I think it takes a lot of courage to be the first or the second or the third to to take that risk and to step into that that conversation to be like, hey, you know, we can we can make this our own thing if we're not happy with how with how people are being treated. So I definitely, yeah. that, that was a beautiful thing for, to see. And I've, I've actually seen more. I've seen like three or four athletes commit to HBCUs. So I think that conversation is, is applying real pressure with real money and, and real tangible protest yeah. um, that, that, I mean, the, the biggest protest you can make is, is with the direction of where your life goes. So I think that was a beautiful, beautiful thing to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's the thing that I've been really been proud of and seeing is that that our ancestors didn't have is the fast mobilization of everybody. Like, you know, back in the day, people only had newspapers or the radio or television to, like, tell them where things were going or even just organizing in people's homes. But like the fact that people are able to organize so fast and we can, like, change things at the drop of a hat. But in terms of like how much money something gets and how like it that's been the most 
encouraging thing for me is just see the fast mobilization and just just how like the pressure is kept going you know it shows you that like oh like more people yeah go ahead sorry oh i said like more p it shows that like oh there's a lot more people that care Mm -hmm. than not care you know i think it also i think it also shows us i'm sorry I was just saying, social media being used for good, like that, that's another yeah, reason why people. Yeah, I could barely hear you. Social media being used for good. Everyone yeah, used, exactly. You can hear me. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's just, just, just a. That's basically I, used to I think it. <laughs> I think it also puts into perspective how real it was back in the day. Because if you think about leaving your house with no ripcord or no phone or no Uber or no, let me call a friend to pick me up from here. Like you were literally going out there with just your body and, yeah. and making that statement. And I think we take for granted the fact that we have this like never ending connection with information. And I, yeah. I'll be honest, it's, I, I would go back and forth about it because it's almost addictive because if I leave my phone in the car, I'm like, man, I'm out of the conversation and I'm out of mm-hmm. the, the loop of whatever it is. But I think, that that conversation and that constant dialogue is, is what made all this possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny enough. I've been checking out more. Um, I've been using less and less screen time because there's, you know, there's the levels of, you had the first level of anger, then sadness, then disappointment. Yeah. And what I mean, disappointment is there are people are, you know, some of our peers who didn't step up, man. And, yeah. And it's just crazy. And you're just like, wow. And you remember a setting when you just talked about like what it means to be black in the entertainment industry. And they're just like, yeah, but we need it to change. But like you're silent when this is the time where your voice is the most needed. I've been sending emails to, you know, every sort of company. I'm I'm on the plight to change the 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 title urban because I'm from the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm more of a pop guy. But they would still make me the head of urban. I've been offered a head of urban position. Why? Because you're urban. But, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh yeah, so urban is basically is basically just black. Okay, cool. Nah, it's just hip hop. Break it down to what it should be by musical genres. Ain't no such thing as urban. Uh, you know, urban album of the year. So yeah. I why remember would there that be that creator speech that was super powerful. Yeah, he was like on one hand. I'm very grateful to be recognized in, in such a facility. And on the other hand, this feels like a backhanded compliment because when we keep making genre bending things, whether it's film or whether it's music or whether it's whatever, it's always a subcategory, even though y'all know damn well, we can hang with y'all in the main category. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what I think a lot. Of, I think that's the beautiful like domino effect of all this. Like people thought we were protesting, cops and we were but to a degree it kind of opened the dialogue for everything that's like well while we're here let's yeah. address yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that shit because if, if y'all really want to talk this equality shit or y'all want to talk this resource shit like let's have the conversation yeah, yeah. And that's what it feels like about like all of this is that these are all things that we've all known we've all been in these like whether it's music sports film like we've had these thoughts we've had these ideas about like why aren't people that look like us getting more seats at the table why are 
certain things that we love not dominated by the people that actually consume it. And so like all of these things that have kind of bubbled up to the surface because of this one moment mm. in time. And it's just like, it's beautiful to see, especially seeing like the t- how much the tide has turned when like it was controversial mm. to say black lives matter, like mm. companies didn't want to say it or like mm-hmm. a certain influencer didn't want to say it. Cause they didn't want to lose sponsors or whatever, which is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people pretend people used to pretend like they didn't understand what that meant. You know, yeah. there was this like, well, they used to play dumb at it. And to see how like the tide is turning because, you know, all these little like sub protests of things are sort of coming to light. You know, just the fact like I just talked about is talked about it earlier before we even hit record, like all these statues that are coming down of like slave traders or like Confederate. Like these are things that like have needed to come down. Yeah, and yeah. like people are like, you know what? Fuck it, let's bring it down now. You know what I mean? Well, what a exactly. better time it's to that, do that? It's that while we're here conversation, and yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, we're understanding the currency that we have and realize that like there's value to it. I think if if a company yeah. we're we're getting to that point where two things are happening. I think it's becoming lucrative to be progressive, and it's becoming mm-hmm. cool to be progressive. So it's not only it's not even as brave to do it's almost like the logical thing to do and even yeah. what call it pandering call it acting whatever it is it's still benefits <laughs> the greater good because even if you don't in your heart of hearts which i know a lot of these companies don't give a fuck even if they don't feel whatever they're saying behind the message you just made a press statement because it was cool so we're gonna run with that traction because the goal is in mind so I think yeah. getting to the point where like caring about things is cool and it's what's going to make you money. It's not weird. It's not to the side. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not some like granola shit off to the left that no one's listening to. It's the main topic. It's the conversation. Yeah. So you yeah. can, you can be cool and pretend that this shit ain't going on if you want to, but you're about to get roasted for being a yeah. main conversation. So yeah. And that, and- and that's the good that's a, that's another good aspect that like Julian said about using the internet for good because we have the internet we're able to hold these people these companies accountable in real time like okay you made this you put a black box on your Instagram account last yeah. week what are you doing this week well, yeah what's you up? know what I mean what are you doing the following week what's going on my there, progress. You know? I, think, <laughs> I think what what I've come to realize like is that the outcome of all of this, I, w- I was thinking about it, and I meant to tweet it, but I think I just didn't finish my thought and just saved it in my draft. But, like, the outcome of, like, everything that's going on, I'm, like, very excited about what, like, not just the U.S., the world is going to look like, and, like, like after, like, after this. I feel like it's going to be, all this is going to make everything so much better. And, like, it's going to it's gonna be a change for the, just the, the pandemic, the, uh, the, rioting that everything all of this is like for a better outcome of yeah mm-hmm. yeah for, for one yeah. for one store owner to say hey this 20 looks fake i don't think he knew that things were about to really set off such a domino effect to the point where yeah. uh, where our nephews and our nieces and our future kids they're gonna maybe hopefully like i reach to say have a better situation with their government or have a better yeah interaction with yeah. law enforcement or have a better distribution of the budget of their resources like uh, i mean maybe i hope so I, I think the idea that it all spawned from and, and i think 
it's such a i hate to make it nerdy but it's such a comic trope of like the one spark that set off this huge reaction Mm -hmm. and i think we've seen Mm -hmm. that in so many films and so many great storylines of like you didn't know that you were about to like pull the first pin and set off this this tidal wave of change so i think we get to see it in, in the coolest way possible and i'm very very thankful to be a part of it i think we always look back at historical events and at least me personally i wonder if i would be brave enough or if i would be involved or do i have what it takes to if i would i be one of the people that stayed home or would i be one of the people that stepped out and we got to find out and i think and i'm I'm really proud of everybody for for not disappointing for the most part yeah right yeah. Well, that's 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 the thing that I was like saying before is that the great thing is that because there is so many avenues to protest, there is so many ways to protest, like, you know, and with it being a pandemic and some people being more at risk to go out, like it's showing that it is OK. It's like if you can't go outside with all those people, you can be active online. You yeah. can donate. You can you can like organize. You can like make art. You yeah. can you know even it, like, it allows it for that just the the, the spreading of information just mm-hmm. spread it like let, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah post it like other people will see yeah. it all of that yeah yeah as many i mean it's, it's a pandemic having having, having tough conversations having tough conversations with your loved ones or different people that yeah you you're close to or or trying to have those those tough dialogues to redefine things or maybe hey i know you're a good person you seem pretty dumb about this topic let's talk about it and let's yeah. see how to get on the same page because i hope to think you're not a malicious person and if i find out you are then i found out something about you and we can move forward but i think yeah there, there's like you said if you and by the way please do not feel guilty for not being outside I know a lot of people that are are struggling with still the virus, still the the idea, and and we all kind of have to make that decision. And for ourselves, be involved in any possible way you can. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't leave you behind because you didn't rush into a crowd, but you decided to donate. Because guess what? There's people in that crowd who couldn't donate. So I think there's there's many 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 ways and there's many approaches and there's many battles whether they're online whether you're able to hire someone fairly whether you're able to do all these little things that that make you just as big a part of the bigger battle yeah yeah and and like being like that's another thing to just jump on to like piggyback off that like protests aren't for everybody like we saw in the past week just how they can escalate and they can get pretty scary for a lot of people and pretty fucking violent like people lost their eyes people like got brain damage because of what happened like so it's okay to not feel like you want to put yourself in that kind of danger like it's very understandable because they do get really violent they do get really dangerous so like you said it's if as long as you're still on the right side of history Mm -hmm. and doing the work whichever way you can you're fine you know what i mean so that's you know it's there's no need to feel like you need to perform and show that you took a, a selfie at a protest. You know exactly. I mean? And actually, so. please don't. 
Like, yeah, please, no, please do not. <laughs> yeah, the selfie at the It is not Coachella. It is not. Yeah. Um, you know, the cool thing to participate in. It's something we care about, and a lot of you guys yeah. do have platforms and audiences that are very, very powerful. And if you're using that, then then I'm very proud of you. But I think we the one of my greatest uh the greatest quotes that I always love to hear is everyone's not wrong. So the audience will be able to tell if it's genuine or not. And I think you have to have those conversations with yourself if you're or if you're using your platform for good. Um but we saw a lot of people kinda especially in this day and age like you gonna get caught, and people saw <laughs> a lot of people hop out the car, take the photo, yeah. get back in the car, or oh girl with the <laughs> drill, or all those. She things. got fired. Like, she got fired. You, you could have stayed home and, <sighs> and not been in the conversation at all, and you would have been straight. No one would have known that you dumb as hell. So that's the way smart. What you say? <laughs> I can barely hear Julian. I'm sorry. Wait, what did you say, Julian? Sorry. I said cancellations have been heavy in the past couple of weeks. Oh yeah, it's it's, oh, it's man. we're too busy, so we just stamp canceled. Like I don't even have time to check whether yeah. you're yeah. right or wrong. It's like, oh, you want some bullshit? Bye bye. Move next. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes, as we know by the name of the episode, the joke can be stronger than the truth. So the, if the shit is funny, that we, we might hold on to that too, even if it if even if you can't explain it, like yeah. Comedy yeah. will run with it way faster than your explanation will. So be careful, be genuine, come from the heart, and and if you have good intentions, I promise you, you'll be you'll be straight. Yeah. So, so let's keep it moving. As much as I, I really do want to keep talking about we can do this, this all day, sure. but let, it, yeah, it, it, people come come to us for a little bit of relief. So let's do our best. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously we can, this conversation continues throughout the episode, but in order to kind of keep it moving, uh, do one of you guys want to kind of do the honors of kind of talking about what this, uh, what this episode is going to be about? Like what, what sure. topic for this ep- topic is going to be? Um, this yeah. is a Julian topic. I think you brought it up. Yeah. Basically I, I've decided, I've decided, I brought up the idea of, uh, just made, just spreading some light on, just spreading some light on a uh, certain artist or someone, uh, actor or something that that uh, <clears throat> someone that we appreciate in black in the black uh, creative industry and what they're doing, just shedding some light on it, whether it be yeah. comic books, entertainment, like anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to kick us off and kind of introduce us to you the one the creative you wanted to highlight? Um, yeah, the, the creative I wanted to highlight was, uh, Reginald Hudlin. Mm. He, uh, I, I mean, a lot of people, I don't know if they actually know who Reginald Hudlin is, but he's been behind like tons of things. I actually know him. And actually when I first found out about him, I knew him as the, uh, the president of BT when I was working there. Yeah, I didn't me, know. Me and Julian were working for him at the time. I didn't know what the things he had done until I, you know, later, uh, as I, as you know, I grew and did research about it. I could, this, this man has been like directed house party. He directed boomerang. One of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies. Mm-hmm. He's been oh, the- okay. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> you see Jason's face. He didn't know that either. 
<laughs> I didn't see Jason's face. But. You, know, you know, in those movies, I'm sorry, you just never looked at the director. You know, no, you never no. looked at the be like, yeah, and that's that's crazy. But go ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's been like the producer on like countless, countless things. But like, you know, the name a few. He's been like the, the producer on the Boondocks. He produced the Bebe's Kids. He produced. Mm. Uh, uh, what is that? Oh, the Django, Django Unchained produced that. Okay. Um, and then in the comic world, he's like, he literally has, he, he did one of the most important and probably most used, like, uh, especially for the MCU on what Black Panther is. He he did a crazy arc in the 2000s of, for the Black Panther for Marvel. And a lot of what they use in the MCU is like what they use from that, like the whole yeah. uh, ah. what what is the um, damn what what is the art? It's uh, a Afro- oh the, the we Afro- have Afro- I forgot I, I want Afrofuturism. Yeah, like he he used a lot of the Afrofuturism in the book, and I mean yeah. that's where they got a lot of that influence from. In oh, that's cool. The 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 movie the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, like Reginald Hudlin, he's, he's like I'm just naming like a couple things. Like this yeah. thing has been a part of many, like yeah, black. I mean, I guess the main like, topic is look him up because what what yeah. we want to encourage, <laughs> yeah. we want to encourage everybody to do with everyone we bring up is to is to look up these people <laughs> and realize that like this isn't new for for people of color to be in this space, and this isn't no. new for for black people to be in charge of this space like reginald hudland is the reason me and julian first went to comic con because we went as a bet based thing because bet had cartoons and and things in that space so i think it was 07 um and and because of his efforts were the reason we got introduced to that whole world so uh, i think it's important for for everybody we bring up for you to realize that like there are people that have been around for a long time for you to follow in their footsteps, no matter what you want to do in this space, whether you want to direct, whether you want to draw, whether you want to storyboard, whether you want to act, there's someone who looks like you who's done it. And I think it's, it's about time that we, we give them their flowers and, and show them that, that we're grateful and, and use that to the best inspiration. of you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I could go down the list, but just just to name a few like Reginald Hudler and either. I just wanted to give just to give like uh, some black creative some flowers, and that's one of the yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm gonna IMDb that man right after this. Yeah, <laughs> Reginald Hudler. And yeah, he has uh, you, you wanna, I don't know if uh, he's... talk about yours. Mine? Uh, oh, you said David. My, my... No, I said Jason. Yeah. Jason. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll go into mine. Um, Mine was someone who personally changed my life and I don't like I'm a I'm a <clears throat> I'm a cynic when it comes to life advice because I feel like you had to have lived it harder than me to tell me what the, what to do with my life. I don't know. That's just I don't that's just weird ideals I used to have. But when we went to Amazing Comic-Con a couple of years ago, uh we ran into this artist, a black dude, very nice guy, cut off shirt fro. His name is Terry Huddleston. And he has a lot of pop art. And what drew me in initially is I saw black icons that, you know, and and on a Comic-Con floor, that's not something that you 
you always see. So like, I yeah. always like stop, you know? And I'm like, I saw he did a show enough portrait and it's basically like a, we'll post David, you'll probably superimpose one of his pictures in here, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like a portrait of, you know, anything like pop culture wise. So he did a, he did a show enough from the last dragon. And I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, David, let's stop here. Like, you know, let's <laughs> so we just stopped and started talking to him, just striking up a conversation, just, shooting the shit because it was like yo we have really cool shit his 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 entire booth ran up from like you could step on his art and it still like rises up to the wall so there's a big booth i remember yeah huge booth um quick backstory about him before i go into you know what we did at amazing comic-con his art is like it's a it's like Liechtenstein mixed with warhol so And I'm a huge fan of it because I love pop culture. You guys can see behind. I would have a lot of his stuff, but my art here is all silhouettes. Yep. So, um, but I am going to get a piece. But uh, his it's actually a family-owned business. So him and his his kids and his wife, they travel around to every Comic-Con and they sell that art to people. And, you know, they have an online store. So the entrepreneurial spirit was dope. I didn't even know. I have a new respect for him, knowing that he's, like, employing his family and, like, bringing them along with him. Because, like, there's a lot of cons, as we all know. And that shit can get taxing on the fam. But the thing that he told me in Vegas, which made me kind of like, it was like a light bulb moment. I was going through it. I was just terrible, terrible time in life. And um, he was just, we had interviewed him. And he was saying that too many times people try to go for the big boss and don't stop with the level one monsters. He's like, you got to build, you know, brick by brick. And immediately there was like a ding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh. And and we've been using that mantra ever since. Yep, yep. And I think he's just an awesome, awesome dude. Very, very easy to talk to. Very, very cool. And I look forward to getting back into the con circuit and always running into him. Because now when we see him now, we're always like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, what's up, fellas? So, David, David, do you still have the interview we did with him? Maybe we can link yeah, back to yeah, that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, clip. It's in, it's, I think it's on the episode that, on the, that we yeah. did for Amazing Comic Con, yeah. So, yeah, that was um, that was my guy. Okay. Good choice. Very good choice. And that, you know, I like, I like what you said about right now about like, you don't really see a lot of, I mean, you do see a lot of art from artists of color or specifically black artists at Comic-Con, but his booth was very big. Like usually on artist alley, it's like, you know, this little table here, this little table, which is great, you know, you know, but this one was so striking, especially like you said, cause we could step on the art, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of what drew us in. And obviously like what that advice that he gave us just on the spot was like what really kind of had like pretty much has been stuck in our heads and stuck in your head, you know, ever since, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, should I go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so my spotlight, uh, the black creative that I want to highlight and spotlight is Mark Bernardin. He he's mostly known right now because he co-hosts the podcast with Kevin Smith um, called Fat Man on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you, sorry, can you guys see me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he co-hosts the the podcast Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith. That's how I first sort of learned about him and kind of got to know him based on like listening to the podcast and stuff. Um, but one of the things I didn't like 
one of the things I didn't really know was that he got his start, you know, in in the geek world as a journalist. So he was writing for uh, Entertainment Weekly, Playboy, GQ. Oh, wow. Um, and at the same time that he was doing that, he was actually writing for Marvel, DC, and Image Comics. I had no idea until obviously I did more research on him and I heard a few more interviews with him. But he's actually, he actually, notably, he's written for Static Shock. He wrote for Push nice. um, for DC. And he actually created a comic book called The Highwaymen at DC. Um, for Marvel, he wrote for Wolverine and for Nightcrawler. Um, I didn't know that until literally yesterday because I was like, I knew that he had written Highwaymen, but I didn't know that he had written Wolverine. Yeah. Um, but from that, it's kind of gotten him known in the comic world. And I think that's how him and Kevin Smith kind of knew each other is because Kevin Smith also writes for Marvel and DC every now and then. Um, but he's also written for TV at the same time. And the the he's written for... So the point... Of, sorry, I'm trying to like find my thoughts right now. Um, the thing that really drew me into his story is how he still technically had a day job which was a journalist but also was able to write for the things he wanted to do because one of the things he always talks about is that he's a geek from birth like he's an old old star trek nerd and like you know has always wanted to write for star trek and all that and he's his story about leaving your day job you know to kind of pursue the things you want to do is so motivating for me especially when you realize that he was already sort of a family man and had kids and stuff like on the other side of the country and decided to do that move to los angeles to kind of pursue tv writing Mm. and some of the stuff that he's written for he's written for castle rock carnival road treadstone um and currently he's actually co-writing the he-man animated series uh with kevin smith on netflix um so just kind of like listening to him on the podcast and hearing him talk about all these kind of like, you know, his journey every now and then, because you know how like every now and then certain, you know, on certain podcasts, they kind of throw you little like nuggets of like who these people are for real. Um, I've kind of gotten to learn about him and kind of his story is what's kind of motivated me to kind of see that wanting to write and wanting to create for these big sort of franchises and brands is possible you know what i mean it's it's doable doesn't matter how far along in your career you are this is still very attainable if you kind of do the work um and you know one of the cool things that i just found out about him is that if him being a longtime star trek fan Mm. and all the work that he's done and everything that he's kind of pushed through he's now been he's now a supervising producer on picard which is the new star trek show that's on cbs so it's kind of cool to see, like, if you may, if you push for your dreams, if you kind of, like, do the work, if you, like, yeah, just kind of keep at it, it is possible to get to those dreams that you want to do, you know? Exactly. Um, but, the, but one of the things that I kind of want to go back to, and the reasons what has really um, drawn me to him, another thing is that he's a big proponent of Black nerds and nerds of color and how he feels and is is a big push to like that nerds of color black nerds specifically can write for things that aren't just specifically black or like they call urban or just things that only deal with race or any of these kind of like issues of struggle it is you know he feels that 
writers of color should really be placed at these tables to just, you know, we watch sci-fi, we consume sci-fi, we consume, you know, adventure. We can write these things. We We don't need to like same world y'all live in. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We don't, we don't, we don't have this like tangential experience that we can kind of tap in once in a while and explain what it's like to do X version of Y. Like we're we're having a, we're having a human experience, and I think yeah that I'm really excited, not to cut you off, but I'm really excited mm-hmm. about the the quality of creative work black artists will be able to make once they're not required to make black art. I think it, it yeah. as far as the story and as far as what it is like once it's a given that your art is yours and it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like the hood version or the musical version or the rap version or the whatever kind of trope you want to disrespect someone and belittle them into being. I think they can, there's a gold mine of just straight up good stories. And Mm -hmm. I think we're getting closer and closer to tapping into that gold mine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much that that's a great expansion onto what I was saying about what he feels like is a given, you know, now and something that he pushes for and he encourages. And, you know, it just makes me think like if somebody like me is being encouraged by that, somebody even younger than me is being encouraged by that, too, sure. you know. Um, and I kind of wrote down right here what I said has. um he yeah he's he just he has such a good way of articulating these feelings that we have about these kind of things you know um but another thing i kind of wanted to kind of end this sort of thing his this kind of spotlight on him so he wrote for entertainment weekly for a really long time and he is actually one of the reasons why entertainment weekly has such a big presence at comic-con um he actually pushed entertainment weekly to cover comic-con so it's his fault. Um, we got it. Fault. <laughs> well, that, so that's what he said. He was actually one of the guy, one of the people that actually helped create the EW party back in the day. He gave, he gave the, his power. So the funny thing he's actually mentioned, he's like, I helped create this party. He's like, I probably can't even get into this party anymore. Um, no so yeah, like that's one of the, another thing I wanted to highlight at the end is that like he, he's the reason why entertainment weekly has such a presence because he actually pushed, Entertainment Weekly to cover it because of Battlestar Galactica, and like that was like what like oh eight oh seven or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's his fault that we're we have this mission every single year. <laughs> and yeah. We never lost either. We've never lost. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, that's who I wanted to highlight. Mark Bernardin, uh, huge inspiration to me, and yeah, and yeah, he's the reason why EW is EW at Comic Con. <laughs> please look him up nice please look him up yeah um for mine i wanted to highlight someone who i think at the the last con we were at we were all very surprised and i think it was a very specific joy of kind of like i can't believe this person's gonna be here when we didn't even know who he was and his name is larry houston he was the creator of x-men the animated series and sorry, the director and producer and one of the original people that that was the reason why not only the pilot that failed in 1989, 
but the actual first episode of the show, which is 1992, great year for a topic. Um, but that's when X-Men started. And I think, although I was a comic book reader, I definitely wasn't a comic book reader like Julian is or like real comic book guys. So yeah. I think my first introduction to this space, what Jason looks hilarious right now, just trying to sneak in a hit. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think it's really important to 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 give <laughs> to give credit to the fact that these shows were they were the first of their kind, and I think that's why we were all so excited that he was there. And it's almost like I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Um, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. This is, this is part of it. This is part of it. Um, I think it's so important for shows. <laughs> I think it's so important for shows like that because they were the first of their kind. They were. I mean, you gotta remember this was coming out in the same space as like Super Friends and Justice League and all these things that were to for kids. And I think X Men to come out of the gate and have a main character die. I think that was their way of announcing that like, hey, we're going to tell stories that kind of work for teens and young adults and adults and kids will watch up to them rather than us speaking down to them. And I think yep. that, uh, I think that was because of that, we have a very serious cinematic universe in both directions because of the the scope of him deciding to tell comic book stories where the original lore was so intricate and complex and be the first to try to really put those specific stories on television on Fox kids when Fox kids was kind of leading the way um, with those shows and to be able to do dark Phoenix <coughs> Phoenix to be able to do those sagas in a very, very respectful and, and real, almost accurate way. He was also involved in Batman the Animated Series, which is mm -hmm. he was a storyboard artist for some of my favorite episodes. And one of my favorite episodes is The Laughing Fish. And mm -hmm. he was the storyboard artist on that. So that's two giant like columns or pillars rather. The uh, goat animated series. Oh yeah. <laughs> the goat series. One and two. <laughs> when we found out that he was there signing autographs and selling prints, it was almost like hearing like Stan Lee rest in peace or some so, like it's almost like I can't believe more people aren't freaking out because of how important this man is. And to to be able to speak to him and pick his brain and ask him questions about the show and um I think it's it, it was such a cool I mean, this is our history and it's a moment of comic history. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful that, that he exists and he was there and he, he was yeah. able to move that needle. And I think he, he's someone who is, who is very important in this space. It's, it's almost like when, uh, not to bring up a white dude, but when me and David saw, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy who did Deadpool and, um, Oh, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Like, no, not sorry, not Deadpool. Thanos. Um, oh, Jim Jim Starlin. Jim Starlin. Like to see these guys and and to know that they are the reason we have these gigantic characters properties. Mm -hmm. 
yeah they just kind of came up with them in, in some writer's room where they were drawing and it really does feel like i mean you, you nerd out about whatever you want but you nerd about tech or you nerd about whatever you it, you get to go talk to steve jobs or bill gates and, and whoever and, and see how it all started so these are our equivalent origins and i think it's it's very important to to respect that for these people so definitely yeah. wanted to give a shout out to larry houston and um just <clears throat> thank him for his work he has a he has a really great twitter because he's because x-men the animated series is on um disney plus, disney plus right he's actually dropping he every now and then he drops little like gems and hints and little behind the scenes like um kind of like anecdotes about the show like the other day he was like going back and forth and talking about how he was one of the first people who wanted to create a cinematic, like a, a joined universe mm -hmm. within the X-Men animated series. Like he, he was like, yeah, I put black Panther in it. I wanted to show Spider-Man. Yep. So like his Twitter is like really, really good. Um, and you know why he put black Panther in it? Cause they was, he was fucking with storm. He was trying to give you everything. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> No, because when, when we spoke to him, he was giving us gems like that. He was talking yeah. about why Jubilee was in there. He was talking about yeah. us about why Gambit felt redundant or why certain people had to change their personality so that they don't become too, like, we can't have two Wolverines or we can't have two, like, angry, brooding yeah. type of personality and, like, again, why they had a character die and all these things that mm -hmm. are, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big part of my story as a fan. Yusuf, mm -hmm. I'm just noticing that's a Minuteman picture behind you. That's fucking hard. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I just like I was just now looking at it. I was like, that is that is dope. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. Okay. So yeah, you said uh, that, was, that was a solid one. You know what? The yeah. three of you guys got the Larry Houston thing. Where was I? I think I. Who was I with? Did I, I like this? It was Sunday, right? It was it a Sunday or Saturday? You went scurrying off somewhere. I remember that. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what happened? No, I, I went. I, I went to give my brother. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. went. I went to go get my brother my badge so he can go on the con, and me it was, and V, it was me, me yeah. and V left, and you yeah, guys. Because yeah. I remember in the group in the group chat, you guys were like, "Hey," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> we got a crew. I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah, the fact there's a lot of Comic Con memorabilia behind me. I don't know if you remember that picture as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I, who could forget? Because that was the one where we had the most. That that should be called Comic Con Deception. That's <laughs> when we all saw that trailer and we were like, Yeah. Yeah, we were all Wait, there. real quick while we're talking about the con, which one which one was better? I know we had better accommodations than last year's, mm -hmm. but I think we made a couple more memories at the year before. Which one agreed. was better? Agreed. Agreed. I look, I like this last one that we did, but the fact that I got left out of the EW party the previous year yeah, kind of puts a little asterisk to that one, even though the after party was really cool. Yeah. Um, being being left outside of the EW party was just like, Ugh, that really hurt. That, that after party, <laughs> the Shazam after party was historic for me. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny party because I, I was drunk and I bought shots for everybody. And, and and they they were, were like, really, it was really cheap right? They're like fifty cents. It was really cheap, though. They were cheap as hell. I think they were like a dollar. I was like, "Oh, shots for everybody!" <laughs> I've, I've never seen like someone fly around for the whole bar like it, like we were on TV. I don't know who the fuck he thought he was. Uh, you know, and 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 while we're on the topic of like 
unity and everybody coming together. Again, we always recommend this. I feel like every other show we say this, make your way down to San Diego when Comic-Con's there again so you guys can really feel that unity and feel how everyone is like, there's no fucking, there's... You, you know what I was thinking about today? and like It was like a few days ago. Um, with all this happening, and we've talked about this at length on online together, the, the Black Nerd boat party was by far the best party we went to last year. I have a feeling it's going to be even bigger next year when we and go back. When, like, oh, yeah. Who was the DJ at that party? Be nice. None other than the person <laughs> who started the fucking live club Instagram dynamic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah. that was a nightmare. That was. Yeah, so I, I have I have high hopes for that because you could feel that like and I said it, you felt the energy felt so good. Like people actually had rhythm, you know, like it was, yeah. it was like, it was a good party. It was like my favorite party of last year. Maybe I'm calling it black nerds times nerds at the cool table. Comic-Con 2021. That's a, if you ask me, if you ask me, if we let our powers combine, yeah. we would throw one hell of a boat party. Yeah. We're going to take the boat out at the end of the night. We're oh, yeah. <laughs> docking out. <laughs> Let's go to Mexico. You guys all had great, great. Uh... Let, so before we move on from this, I actually do have one wild card that actually I thought about earlier today. So, David slides in another pig. <laughs> wait, but this is an important one. It's it's a, it's an important it's an important important one because of its historical significance. Okay, and. You know how Yusuf, you were talking about every historical moment has a spark. And the the past week's actions, there was one spark that happened. And it was before the unfortunate video that came out of George Floyd. But the day before, or I don't know if it was the day before or two days before, there was a video of um, a gentleman by the name of Christian Cooper who took a video of this oh, yeah. white lady the in Central watching. Park. Yeah. So... What came out, you know, after like they interviewed him and stuff, everything came out like who he was and the kind of person he is and um, and why he was bird watching. I guess he's like an avid bird watcher. Um, it actually came out that he's an uh, he was a editor for Marvel Comics for a yeah. long time. And he actually um, he was the first openly gay writer at Marvel. And he actually wrote uh, for stories uh, called, for this series called Marvel Comics Presents, which had Ghost Rider, Vengeance. Um, you know, he actually also wrote for the two final issues of the Marvel swimsuit special. Um, so it kind of funny how that intersects with our world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I found that kind of interesting. Like he wrote for the Star Trek comics. Uh, he's written Marvel comics. Uh, he wrote the Excalibur comic book. So and, when I found that out, I thought that was amazing. And, and that's now, like, and now because of his efforts and his, his one could say bravery, there is mm -hmm. legislature being put into place that it soon will be a crime to just pick up your stupid little phone and try to get somebody arrested as a malicious act. So shout yeah. out the heroes writing about heroes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so that's who I just wanted to add in like right at the, right at the end of that because I felt yeah, like it was I, important I actually, to sort of mention I made it. fun of David, but I had a, a wild card as well. Matthew, who was previously on our show, who was a Yes, Matthew Bordenave. Yes, I love his uh, I love his stuff. Artist and he he's super duper talented, so we'll definitely do a little highlight post for him as well because he that, that's a friend and that's 
he's actually in our our network and our crew and i know his family and i know his brother so it, it's it's really shout out to easy shout out easy shout out chris focus shout out the whole crew um i think it's it's really important to 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 kind of nod at each other in this space because there's, there's not a lot of people but i think the few that are are extremely talented yeah absolutely um should we move on to news bites should we do news bites, news bites. yeah Uh, it's time for the news. Yeah, that, that's like a little. Jingle save, save I don't it. know. I just don't want you to be by yourself, man. Fuck it. I'm just gonna go with you now. David, David, I want that on every bite. We're, We're gonna hit one. <laughs> what happens when boredom and being in the house strikes? Um, all right. So first up, uh, it was the news that Into the Spider Verse Two is finally going into production. Bring it on! Uh, and it's apparently still going to release on. It's going to release in 2022, and they say it's going to release on. It's been pushed to October 7th, 2022. Yeah, so you know what? Next year, the following year. You know what? I have a surprise news bite. That's something we didn't talk about. That's also oh. uh, that correlates with that is. Uh, Marvel's the um, Disney Plus is still releasing those uh, WandaVision this year. They said WandaVision is not being pushed. So oh, that's gonna good. Get, we're still going to get WandaVision and Falcon and the, and the Winter Soldier. Oh, oh that's amazing. So I'm like, I'm excited. Okay. So I think and we're, we're still getting, and we're still getting the Mandalorian season two. hundred yep. percent. And we're getting we're black, black widow is going to be a theatrical release. They're going to release Mulan because theaters open on the, well, I think we have that topic, but yeah, that was I, before I was like, shit, I, I don't, I, I yeah, don't want to that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about? Oh, yeah. I was going to make one comment about the Spider Verse, but I did see a funny tweet that said, um, "We still have time to change uh, Miles's dad's job to be to something else before the release of Spider Verse Two, instead of him being a cop." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Are we going? I don't want to uh, get it. Are we going to be those people? <laughs> No, I'm I'm just referencing a tweet that I saw. That's all. No, no, I'm just, no, I'm just like it's saying it like in general, like is this is what we're gonna do. I was just talking, <laughs> I refuse to bring anyone down, and I refuse to to even bring up the voice of Miles Morales. I guess I brought it up, but anyway, um, that we'll 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 just kind of skip over that one. But I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it. Like uh, the first one was amazing. Um, you know what, what, what happened at the end of that? Didn't have like a man, man, I haven't seen it. Ted Danson showed up with Whoopi Goldberg, and she showed her. Never mind. Um. <laughs> no, uh, um, it showed Spider Man twenty ninety nine at the oh, end. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm for that. And they did the they did the the meme thing where it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. you're Spider Man. That was so good. I'm excited for the Spider Man ninety nine showing up in that. That should be pretty cool. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. And I'm I'm interested to see how you know everybody comes back together you know because yeah the thing was they had that machine that yeah they all went back to their own world yeah yeah, yeah so yeah we'll yeah that i mean i'm excited about i'm that. front and center at that one yeah, yeah, sign right. me up they they got my bread that's already committed yeah. <laughs> after that first one i was like nah we're good let's do it again yeah <laughs> and if you want to do it a third time i'm there so right. um so next up on the news bites 
So this was a this was a big surprise for me. I actually really like this. So Disney's going to be developing an original musical called All Night Long, which is going to be was going to feature all of Lionel Richie's song catalog, all his greatest hits. Um, I grew up on Lionel Richie every Saturday morning. Did you? Um, with, yeah, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, talking, I'm talking about my my personal experience, so I'm very excited for this. Yeah, man. I, um, I like Richie. I don't know if I grew up on him. What, yeah, what I was about to say, I like Lionel Richie. I don't think I grew up on Lionel Richie. David, <laughs> I, I, I did because I had more hybrid parent. I had more like you know, you, that was what, like Lionel songs was more like when you had like your Caucasian friends' parents come over and then fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be, and they would all night long. <laughs> I had no, I had Lionel Richie, Billy Ocean, Prince, obviously the time. Like the, you know, that's what I grew up on Saturday mornings every day. You know. Yeah, yeah, the MTV Blacks. Um, yeah. So we were talking about this Lionel Richie musical that Disney's gonna do. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Opinions, thoughts. I feel <laughs> no nothing about it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm excited about it. I don't understand it, but I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, and if it's somebody like at a at at like a high school and like suspenders and he starts singing "Hello," I think I'm gonna turn this. I'm think I'm gonna turn the thing off. So it needs to be (laughs) it needs to be executed like properly with a little bit of swagger. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, that, that, yeah, it'd be really cool. I, I mean, his videos already were kind of cinematic and always felt like musicals already. So I'm really curious how they can up that, you know? Hello, um, he was courting a blind chick and she made a bust of him. How was that cinematic, nigga? That was just straight weird. I've never seen a. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. I mean, he had dancing on the ceiling where he was literally dancing on the ceiling. Hello is hilarious. The bus that she makes to him, bro, he looks like he's half playing the planter's peanut man and Lionel Richie. (laughs) Like, he's crazy. His head is like egregiously big and he got to pretend like he likes it because she's blind. (laughs) He's all like, oh. Mind you, she builds it because she touches his face. So that's how she's able to get. I'm actually surprised y'all got that much meat off the bone of this topic. <laughs> We're going to like try right through that, but apparently there was something to talk about. I'm, ex- I'm, 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 I'm into it. I, I really want to see it. I'll be there day one. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we have, so this was, oh, I put a Doom Patrol season two trailer, um, yeah, let's do came it. out today. I saw the trailer. Didn't, didn't really show much. Um, it was cool. It was cool. I, I mean, I'm going to watch it. The first season was good. The finale of last season was meh, but the rest of the season was great. Um, why does, DC, why does DC have that streaming service? Why is that the issue where the finales just don't do <laughs> the damn trick well let's titans fell off before the before, before the finale but, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah some about the finale i didn't feel but i'm excited uh the first season as a whole i guess was was really good so uh, i'll i'll be tuning into that yeah i mean i hope we get early access to it still i mean it's still dc tv so. i think we are it, it, yeah. it pops up on the thing so i think it's coming oh okay yeah uh, yeah, I I have some news though. I have still not finished season one. 
Okay. Move on to the next topic, David. <laughs> <laughs> you over here talking about watching the Lana Richie show front and center. You ain't even watch Doom Patrol. Sometimes, man. In the words of Jason. In the words of Jason. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that callback. Um, so this is the topic that Julian brought up too. It's um, I guess the rights to Daredevil go back to Marvel in six months. I haven't read the the article, but yeah. Um, you know what what you do know, you know about it, Julian? You know what that means. You know what that means. You know what that means. Peter Parker's lawyer is gonna be from Hell's Kitchen, nigga. Let's go. I was about to say. If if that doesn't end up happening, well, how did you guys want to see him? How would you guys want him introduced? I want him to be his attorney. I want him to be the only person that would represent Peter Parker in in court. Yep. He's saying that there's only one guy. There's only there's only one. There's only two guys who I know would represent you in this kind of case. And it's boom, Murdoch. You see that? You see the door of their of their uh, what man? The whole theater would go. Ah! Is, there, <laughs> is there a world? Is there a possibility? <laughs> I don't know if it's possible legally, but could this be the first time we get a hybrid and get Charlie Cox? I, I hope. Yeah. Oh, I my, hope so. Oh, I, oh my oh, God. Like, I, I thoroughly the, enjoyed the, him. The, yeah. Bring everyone from Netflix. Bring everybody from Netflix yeah. into the MCU. Like, I didn't. Okay, hold on. Save for Finn Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my name, but <laughs> that wasn't it, Chief. Um, bring him, but like everyone else, I'm cool with that because, like, you know, that I didn't, I didn't mind anybody else from. Yeah, give me Charlie Cox. That's cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Charlie Cox and uh, Vincent D- D'Onofrio. That how you say that? Yeah. Oh, oh bro, yeah. bring us Kingpin. <gasps> yeah, that would be great. Kingpin for Spider Man in the fourth one. Yeah. What you that know what? That Punisher, that Daredevil, that Kingpin. I want to draft all of them into the MCU. Mm-hmm. You know, Please. another another way I was thinking of Daredevil coming into uh, the series, if not Spider-Man, is She-Hulk. Because She-Hulk is yeah, an attorney she's a lawyer. She's a, yeah, she's a lawyer. So I thought if, yeah. if Daredevil somehow comes into that show, that would be another cool way to bring him back in. Yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely the- I definitely see Daredevil or, or what's his name, Matt Murdock um, representing Peter because he's a high school kid who doesn't have any money for a lawyer. So I could totally see that situation where he's like, I'll represent you pro bono. Like, you know, yeah. he's already established that as his character. That's how, what he would do. So I totally see that as a possibility that already kind of keeps it in universe, you know? Yeah. That would be yeah. so dope to see him and foggy just yeah. up like there this. with Tom Holland. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this will be one of the things we called into fruition. Cause people have been talking about, the merger of those universes for so long and I, it didn't feel tangible it just felt like the the two different scopes were so far apart but i think that would work yeah 100 percent. that shit just makes me that shit just sitting in my seat thinking about that coming to fruition and then like y'all said the fourth movie where we got fisk the punisher and daredevil and they all just go man the whole what come on yeah yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah, I'm into it. I really want to see it. I really, you know, if there was one thing that came out of that series is the perfect casting, the perfect writing, just the the style and brutality of that character. I mean, yeah. it would almost be a disservice to all of us who have been like following this since the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, like you have said, like recasting Punisher. No, like you have like the perfect actor as Frank Castle. You know? Right. Yeah. 
Sidebars. Let's see. We're talking about that for a second. David, did you finish that show? Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or, no, I remember, mean, remember, was it, remember it was the Punisher? It was the Punisher. That was the one. That... <laughs> no, I finished it. I finished it. You finished huh? it? Like, Hold on. Let me call y'all back. I'm watching the, the Sound of Music, the extended cut. But then <laughs> none of the stuff we want to talk about. Like, oh, I haven't, I haven't gotten around to that yet. I'm watching the Citizen X background footage. <laughs> it's really true i'm telling you the criterion channel just gives me hours and hours of material <laughs> all right so moving on moving on um so uh this is something i posted about today uh and i posted the links to the two episodes i don't know if you guys saw it but today was the premiere of the Jedi Temple Challenge, which is the yeah. kids show that's being hosted by Ahmed Best, most yeah. notably known as Jar Jar Binks, but now he's playing a Jedi Master in this show. Yeah. Um, good for him. I My mean, I saw was. I saw the two episodes. I don't know if you guys did. Um, it's a kid show, you know. It's a uh, it's like the Legends of the Hidden Temple, but like with Star Wars. Yep. Um, not not as physical, surprisingly, which I thought it was going to be, but. Um, I think it's cute. I think kids will dig it. I think kids are going to be really into that whole thing. So, what, what is that? Um, That's dope, man. What does that come on? It's on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, it was it was initially on Disney Plus, but they felt like um, to inspire more kids to reach a broader audience, they moved it to YouTube. But shout out to Ahmed, man. Honestly, he's one of the one of the nicest guys you you'll meet in the industry. He's uh, best friends with uh, one of our main friends of the program, Senior Jay Lee. And uh, yeah, so continued success and blessings to you, brother. We'll we'll support it as it continues to, you know, flourish and continue yeah. to win. And speaking of that, pre order pre order win a uh, typical Wednesday by Jay Lee oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is available for pre order. Uh, it comes uh, out at the end of the month. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Jay Lee. Hey, uh, Julian, you should actually try to get your little brother onto that show, onto the Jedi Temple Challenge. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll that would be dope. I'll check. It I out. could ask. Okay. Yeah, definitely try to get him on because I feel like, yeah, I think he'd be a really good com- competitor in that show. Um, so moving on. Uh, so <laughs> this is the last topic that we have on this, and this is something that kind of came up at like three thirty in the morning the other day. Um, that I texted the group chat that I found like one of the funniest. Twitter accounts that I had oh, ever man. seen in a long time. Amazing. Uh, it is called Batman Slander. Best Twitter <laughs> account. It's my favorite one. I've, I've, it's my favorite. I love it. Every yeah. tweet is gold. Yeah. Every single tweet. It's pretty much, it kind of, it continues that argument in that, not even theory because we know Batman's an asshole, but it continues that whole thing about how Batman's pretty much an asshole who would just beat Beats up poor people. <laughs> yeah. And people with mental health issues. That's just funny. It's like you think of like you need to think of like where everybody escapes from is Arkham Asylum and you're like, oh yeah, like they're trying to get home to their families. And he's I like read some, some of my favorite tweets from there. Okay, yeah. Let's perfect. Uh one is uh imagine you buying an eighth at one AM and Batman come out of nowhere and break your arm. <laughs> like what? Oh my god! <laughs> Batman let a with a question mark suit defeat him with brain teasers. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, someone said Batman could lose his powers if the IRS audited him. 
(laughs) (laughs) This is literally the, this, every tweet is gold. It's amazing. Amazing. One that I just, that I just saw said, Batman could lose all of his sidekicks if CPS audited him. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. Damn. They're getting, they're getting deep. I saw one that said, I am paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but if you killed if you killed Alfred, he couldn't get in this house. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, one of one that I just saw right now said Batman killed the lights, and Bane said, "Ah, you think darkness is your ally?" And then he hit him so hard that the lights came back on. <laughs> Batman got to take his flu. Got to take the flu shot before he tussles with Mister Freeze. <laughs> yeah, people, are, people are awesome. That, I love how that one came out of nowhere. You know, I feel I felt like that account probably got started right around when the Joker probably hit like home video because that's when we started to vilify Thomas Wayne. So everyone was kind of yeah. probably like, "Hey, man, Thomas Wayne was kind of an asshole." If uh, if we're believing the Joker. So. <laughs> No, but it's funny. It makes me think like a lot of people are on the same wavelength because I tweeted out like last week that, you know, watching all the protests happening and all the riots, I was thinking, I was like, Batman wouldn't even be on the side of the people. He'd literally be on the side of the cops just beating people up and shooting them with like his fucking tank and stuff. So like Batman would have fucked us up in a Hollywood protest. He'd have came down. (laughs) He would he I'm telling you, he would have sent a storm of bats to everybody. Oh my god. Right along Chief Gordon. Like, man, Chief Gordon's the problem. (laughs) if you lock batman out the bat cave he ain't nothing but mark cuban (laughs) (laughs) mark cuban knows karate i don't know (laughs) Uh, somebody said somebody said uh imagine batman in endgame throwing trying to throw batarangs at thanos Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, hey, wait, hey, wait. Hold on. Same thing. <laughs> what is Hawkeye shooting at anybody in that? Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> shooting grenades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the end game? Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Um. So that so, I mean wait, that on, one last someone put a picture of like a beautiful utopia and it was like this is what Gotham would look like if Wayne Enterprise paid their taxes, <laughs> bro. <laughs> yo, like Batman's a billionaire. He could yeah. literally in, invest in the fucking infrastructure of Gotham and fix all the crime, Batman, bro. Batman comic book one. Batman uses his fortune to fix education in Gotham. You don't need any more comics after that. Right. <laughs> no, but the, the best one, they deleted. I don't know who deleted, but the one where it's like, Batman, when he catches you jaywalking, he's just, it's like a different <laughs> on somebody. That was hilarious. That was funny. Uh, that was funny. Oh, so I guess we're recommending follow Twitter slash Batman and Slander. Yeah. Batman yeah. Slander, yeah. Um, anything else, guys? Anything you guys want to add? I mean, I this felt really cathartic to like have this conversation. Um, and just kind of really just I felt like it's been a week of holding tension and this felt really good. Yeah. Um, I know everybody's been sharing um links of things to to watch documentaries like 13th and then those things on Netflix, and I definitely recommend that you do, but there's also 
comedy films done by black artists. You know, if you want to, if you want to really learn about the history of how blacks were portrayed in cinema, I recommend Hollywood Shuffle by Robert Townsend. If you get a chance to rent that, that is a very, very important film. Very Especially if, if you're young, if you're young, middle or old, every something in that movie will resonate with you, even though it was done in the eighties, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. You know, like the tropes that and a lot of stuff. So I recommend um, doing that. Another documentary I recommend is 20 Feet from Stardom, if you can find it. It was a it was an Oscar award winner. And it's basically about a lot of the iconic rock songs that were done by Mick Jagger and like the, all these, you know, like the bigger bands. A lot of the stuff that we remember is sung by black women and black people as their backup singers. So um, definitely watch that as there's people pulling the curtains. So that's my little entertainment suggestion for people to watch Hollywood shuffle and 20 feet from stardom. Um, I want to recommend two movies. I actually watched back to back yesterday. I was watching, I recommend people to rewatch Ali, uh, the Michael Mann movie starring Will Smith as Muhammad Ali. It's very relevant because it, it centers around the time that uh, Ali got was, they tried to draft him and he was pretty much left stripped of his license to fight for five years, pretty much his prime. And it shows how he struggled with both trying to be the, the best fighter, but also doing the right thing. And I feel like Will Smith portrayed that sort of balance so well in this movie. And it's a, a, honestly one of my favorite Michael Mann movies. I know Michael Mann is not a, not a black director, but he captured that story so well. And it captured that time in during the sixties really well. Um, you had Mario, Mario Van Peebles as Malcolm X. You had LeVar Burton as uh, Martin Luther King. Like, so Mario Van Peebles is Malcolm X. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't play the comedy in that. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he did it. I, I thought he portrayed him really good just for like that little, those little moments that he was in. I know, it's just funny. Yeah. So that's a really good one. And then another one is a documentary called the black power mixtape. Uh, which is a documentary yeah, that great, great it, documentary. it was a yeah it was compiled from footage that Swedish filmmakers filmed during the 60s into the 70s um, and it kind of shows the perspective of the black power movement in the United States from an outside European perspective and there's voiceovers of you know Angela Davis and like mo- you know like modern day like thinkers activists uh, artists writers. <laughs> Um, over this old school footage and stuff is very, very amazing to see. Um, so I recommend those two. They're both available right now for free on, on Apple TV. So um, there's no excuse to not watch them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't also, sorry, not to, I, I do not want to step on your Muhammad Ali thing, but there's a shit ton of other Ali documentaries. That's- oh, for sure. I mean, this is the, this is the, the most known yeah, movie. You, you know, know like, I mean? you more like more entertainment shit, but there's some. Yeah. There's some good Muhammad stuff. I'll have to send you guys yeah. some stuff. But yeah, please. Yeah. That what was the one that he the other one that when he fought in Africa? It was um when we were kings. That's mm-hmm. that's actually yeah. yeah. My papa's all he's in that one. Yeah. I love that. I love that documentary. It's really good. Um and I think that was by Spike Lee. I think Spike <laughs> Lee did that. Yeah. Um anything else, guys? Anything to add? Anything to recommend? Um I, I don't wanna I I just wanna say, you know, to whoever whoever's listening and whoever needs to hear this, like I know I personally over the past couple, couple of weeks have just been like mentally exhausted and I just want to, whoever needs to hear this, like it's okay to log off like sometimes of like just stuff. Yeah, man. take a mental 100%. break from the things going on just for a day or two because I, I know like it could be a lot. So I just want to, yeah. whoever needs to hear that, just 
like it's okay to like log off and go just do well said. Watch your favorite movie yeah. and just you know just take a yeah, just, care care about yourself. We need yeah. you guys all happy, yep. healthy. And Self care is is a real thing. I, I like that. I like that ending. I like that ending. Um, So you guys know where to find us, Nerds at the Cool Table. Uh, I am David. You can find me at David Gallardo. I don't know who's going next. I can't see anybody's faces, but I'm... Okay. (laughs) Go ahead, Julian. Julian. Yeah, I'm Julian Edwards, at Julian Edwards on everything. Yusef at YGLA. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Yusef. Sorry, Yusef at YGLA on everything. I am at limited dot drops that's my new moniker and you can get your ppe here and your new los angeles hat you can get your whole shit perfect all right stay safe